Hosea chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 16 through 20. And it says this, And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master. See, I want you to understand something. God, God just wants you to, to love him. God's not after control over your life. He's after obedience. Two laws in the New Testament, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, if we love God, everything else falls into place. God wants to be, we want to we we just be in love with him. Verse 17, for I will take from her mouth the names of bells. Look, you never say, idols have nothing for me. And they shall be remembered by their name no more. And in that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, with the birds of the air, with the creeping things of the ground. Bow and sword of battle I will shatter from the earth to make them lie down safely. Verse 19. This has been the theme text. And I will betroth you to me forever. What's that word betroth mean? Engage. I will engage you to me forever. Yes, I will engage you or betroth you to me in righteousness, in justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Can, I, some, can somebody say, it's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. People underestimate the power of faithfulness. When the disciples, when Jesus, when, or when the disciples was looking for uh, someone to pl- replace Judas, do you know what the one requirement was? That they had been there and witnessed everything that they had done prior to that. That they were faithful in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Faithfulness means a lot to God. Amen. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. If that's your prayer today, can you just wave your hand at me? I want to know the Lord. I want to know the Lord in an intimate way, Pastor. Thank you so much. Today is the series finale of Vision 2023, the year of engagement. Today I want to talk about the coming of the bridegroom. How many of y'all know Jesus is coming back for his church? How many of y'all believe that Jesus is coming back for his church? Amen. Will you pray with me one more time? God, I love you, and I praise you for who you are. I thank you, God, for the word that you've given me today, God. And I just pray, God, that you would allow me to expedite it to this congregation today, God, that they would be able to hear the word that you have given to this church this week, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers, God. I pray, Lord. God, that as this word is cast this morning, as this vision is cast this morning, as the seed is scattered, God, I pray, Lord, let it fall on fertile ground this morning, God. Let us not just be hearers, but doers, God. I want, God, not a single person to leave here today the same way we walked in. And I give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for everything that's accomplished in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give Jesus one more hand clap as you're being seated today. Really quick, if you'll give me about 15 minutes, I'm going to go through my notes, and I'm just going to share with you what God has, has laid on my heart for this congregation. Uh, this is the series finale of Vision 2023, which is the year of what? Engagement. See, I've been casting a, uh, I've been casting a vision now for the past four or five weeks that I believe this, this is the year uh, that the church needs to, to be engaged to God, really get, uh, get sanctified, set apart for his purpose. Be a, a bride of Christ without spot or wrinkle or blemish, solely set apart to our bridegroom, which is who? Jesus Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is the bridegroom. Say, the church is the bride. That's all the review I'm going to do today because if I did review for the past four weeks, then it would take me as long to do review for four weeks as it would to, to preach this one message. Come on, are you thankful for that, that I'm not going to do any more review? So here's the thing. What we're going to do today is I want to talk about not only has Jesus left to prepare a place for his church, but how many of y'all know he's coming back for his bride? He's coming for his church. 
We've been discussing this Jewish engagement, the customs that, that surround the Jewish ceremony, engagement ceremony, and how they relate to the vision of this church for 2023. See, Jesus, our heavenly bridegroom, he left his bride to go prepare a wedding chamber for her which is in, it's, it's, it's called New Jerusalem. It's outlined in the book of Revelation. I'm going to get to there in just a moment. But I want you to understand the Hebrew term hoopah. I'm going to share with you this word. Somebody say hoopah. I like saying hoopah. It sounds like a military term. It sounds like I'm, a, sounds like I'm, I'm some kind of marine when I say this word, hoopah. You know, it just sounds like a manly term. You know what I mean? Okay, maybe I'm the only one this morning. I'm sorry. The Hebrew term hoopah, as a room in the bridegroom's father's house was eventually replaced as it was something called the bridal canopy. This canopy usually consisted of a square cloth of silk or velvet supported by four poles held up by four men, and it symbolized the new home to which the bridegroom would take his bride. So basically we know that the bridegroom would leave the bride he would go and prepare a place for her, and when the father said it was time, he would go with this procession of, of people, and he would go and get his bride. He would, they would lift her up in this, in this wedding or in this uh, canopy, if you will, this hoopah, and she would be carried back to, to, to live with her uh, bridegroom forever. And so we see the, the connection between those customs and how it relates to the church today. The spiritual parallel that I want us to get to the hoopah for the bride of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, begins as we are lifted up off the earth to be taken to our heavenly wedding chamber, New Jerusalem with Jesus Christ. How many of y'all know there's going to come a sound from heaven one of these days? It's going to be the last trumpet. And when the trumpet sounds, Jesus Christ is going to step out on the clouds of glory. He's going to call home his church. We're going to be lifted up. We're going to be caught up. We're going to be snatched up. We're going to be raptured up. And we're going to be able to dwell with Jesus Christ forever. How many of y'all are looking forward to that day? See, we will spend seven years with Jesus Christ in this marriage supper of the Lamb. Is this okay? Can I teach you a little bit this morning? There's a big word that we use in church a lot. It's called eschatology. And I know many of you probably, I don't know if you're familiar with that term or not, but it's a study of the end times. It's one of the things that I really, I love to do. And so what's going to happen when we're raptured up? Well, first and foremost, we're going we're gonna to party with Jesus for seven years. We're going to feast with Jesus for seven years. We're going to have a shrimp bowl for seven years. We're going to have crawfish bowl. For seven years. I, I mean, I don't know. The Bible says we don't know the things that he's got prepared for us. Somebody, somebody asked me this morning, you know, uh, I, I believe their, their, their kid asked them, is there going to be a, a water park in heaven? And, and she just looked at him and said, sweetheart, if you want a water park, I believe Jesus is going to get you a water park in heaven. You know what? And we think that is, is, how dare you? The Bible says we don't know the things he's got stored up. Can I tell you, heaven is going to be one of the best places, one of the most beautiful places. New Jerusalem, in my father's house are many mansions, many rooms. If, I, if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. Can I tell you, it's going to blow our mind. It's going to blow our mind the things. We can't even behold the glory of heaven in this earthly temple, in this earthly vessel. But I'm going to tell you, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be transformed. This, this uh, mortality is going to put on immortality. This corruption is going to put on incorruption. And can I tell you, what a day. What a reunion that's going to be. 
As a matter of fact, we will spend seven years with our bridegroom king, and we will become one with him. We will be like our bridegroom in that day. First John chapter three, verse chapter three, verse two tells us this. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. What are we right now? We are what? Children of God. Come on, wake up. I need you with me. I need 10 minutes. Come on. What are we right now? Children of God. Right now, if you are a born-again, set-free child, if you are blood-bought by the Lamb of God, you are a son and daughter of the Most High God. But can I tell you that John said that's what you are right now. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know this, that when he revealed, when Jesus is revealed to us, when he steps out on the clouds of glory to call his church home, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. How many of y'all are looking forward to the day where you see Jesus face to face? Some of y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy this morning. Maybe this is foreign to you. But can I tell you, I still believe in the rapture of the church. There's all of these crazy doctrines out there like this earth is just going to evolve into our heaven. Yeah. There's all these crazy things out there like, oh, we're just living in heaven right now. And, and this, and, and, man, what kind of crazy thinking is that? I believe in the catching up, the snatching up, the calling up, the rapture of the church forever to be with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, there is, a, there is an excitement that needs to be built up in the church today about the coming of Jesus Christ. And I understand, while we're still here on this earth, we've got a work to do. Come on. But every once in a while, it just does my soul good. Maybe it doesn't do you as good as it does me. But every single once in a while, it just does my soul good to preach on the rapture of the church, to preach on our hope. Can I tell you, that's my ultimate hope. This world has no hope for me. This world has nothing for me. My eternal home, as a matter of fact, my citizenship is not in this, on this world. It's in heaven. And it just does me good to preach on heaven every once in a while. The New Jerusalem is the wedding chamber that our bridegroom is preparing for us, an eternal hoopah. I like that word. Y'all aren't getting in here with me this morning. Come on. An eternal hoopah that will one day descend from heaven with us. Revelation chapter 21 verses 9 through 10 outlines that. It's New Jerusalem. What, it, what, what an awesome thought this is. An eternal hoopah. Imagine this hoopah that is a city approximately 1,500 miles long. 1,500 miles wide and 1,500 miles high. Can I tell you, man, this is, this is going to be awesome. It's going to descend from heaven. It's a place that Jesus Christ, can I tell you, your bridegroom, my bridegroom, Jesus Christ, is preparing this place for us right now. As we speak, an eternal home is being prepared for you and for me. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've got an eternal home being prepared for you in heaven. While the bride of the Messiah is in this bridal chamber with Jesus, the rest of the world is going through tribulation. Look at somebody and say, you don't want to miss the rapture. You don't want to miss it. you got to be ready. Look at your other neighbor and say, be ready. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 26, verses 20 through 21 says this. Come, my people, enter your chambers, there's that word, and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation has passed. 
For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. See, for seven years, we're going to be feasting with the Lamb of God at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But for seven years, this world is going to be going through tribulation like it's never seen before in all of history. But how many of you all know, I'm out of here. (laughs) And see, I don't know what you believe this morning, but I'm going to give you Justin theology this morning. There's a lot of debate on this. People argue this post-trib rapture, they ain't got a leg to stand on. You might can debate, debate me with mid-trib rapture, maybe. But I'm just here to tell somebody, I'm going to be a pre-trib guy. <laughs> because before this earth breaks out in all chaos, I'm out of here. I don't know about you. But when Jesus steps out, I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. I don't want to be around when all that hits the fan. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about? I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be feasting with my God. I'm going to be feasting with my God. How do we get to this point? Really quick, five minutes. Band, come on up. I'm fixing to land this plane. I just told you I, I wanted to go through this really quick today. How do we get to this point? How do, how do we get to this marriage supper of the Lamb? Let's talk about the coming of the bridegroom. Let's talk about from right now, let's, let's, let's get some application from this today. So what do you want us to do, Pastor? What, what, what's the point of this message today? The point is we need to draw close to God right now. Because when he steps out on the clouds of glory, it's not gonna be, you're not going to have time to draw close to him. That's not the time to draw close to him. The time to draw close to God is when? The time to draw close to God is when? Now. Right now is the time to, cl- to draw close to God. You see, because a bride in ancient Israel had no idea what day or hour her bridegroom would return for her to take her to the wedding chamber. The bride had no idea what day, what hour the bridegroom would return to get her. As a matter of fact, the groom himself doesn't even know. The groom was totally dependent upon the father, his father, to tell him when to go get his bride. I made a joke a few weeks ago about this. You see, because if it was up to the groom... If it was just up to him to say, all right, it's time. What he would have done, see, Jesus is preparing a place for us. And this is relating to the Jewish customs engagement ceremony. If the groom went back and it was up to him when he was going to go and return to get the bride, he probably would have just nailed a couple of two-by-fours together, threw a little cloth over it and said, okay, that looks good enough. It's time for me to go get my bride. But can I tell you that only the Father in heaven, and but Jesus is, I believe Jesus is waiting. Jesus is longing. Jesus is yearning. Father, is it time yet? I think he's just sitting on go. Father, is it time yet? Is it time yet? And, and the Father's saying, not, not quite, son. Not quite. I'm going to give people just a little bit more time to get on board. I'm going to give people just a little bit more time. I'm going to give them a little bit more grace. I'm going to give them just a little bit more time to, to, to get their life in order, to get everything ready for them to, 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 get, to get ready to me. And as long as that is the case, then we've still got work to do. Mark 13, verses 32 through 33. But on that day, but of that day, an hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor who? The Son. Jesus himself doesn't even know. But only the... Take heed. This is what we are supposed to do. Take heed. Watch. And what? Pray. For you do not know when the time is. 
This is Vision 2023, the year of engagement. It's time that we engage God now more than ever. See, engagement is twofold. Really quick, I'm going to give you this and and I'm going to pray. Engagement's twofold. The year of engagement is vision. The engagement ceremony was something that happened like a noun almost. But how many of y'all know that it, it, to engage, it can also be applied to our life as this verb, like this, this, this action word, to engage God. And one of the, the ways that I believe God would have this church to engage him this year is by prayer. And, and you say, what is so significant about this? We all know that we need to pray. Then I would beg the question, why aren't we doing it more? But anyway, I'll just leave there. Amen. I'm not getting any help this morning. That's okay. Y'all are all ready to go home. I can sense it. You're all ready to go home. We already had a move of God. You're saying, Pastor, get out of the way so we can just go home. But here's the thing. We need to engage God in prayer. Why? Because prayer is how we connect and engage the Holy Spirit in our life. Prayer is how we engage the power source. Prayer is how we get connected with God. A prayerless church is an ineffective church. A prayerless church is a church that, that is, is, vo- is, is null and void of the Holy Spirit in her. Because prayer is what connects us to God. Prayer is how we commune with God. Prayer is how we talk to God and how God talks to us. I just lost some of you right there. How many of y'all believe the Holy Spirit still speaks to his people today? See, one God eternally existing in three people, namely the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God eternally existing in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is how God chooses to connect to the church, to engage the church, to speak to the church today. And I'm going to tell you something. I, ain't gonna, I don't have time to, to read this scripture. I want you to read this scripture on your own, uh, when you get home today, on your own time. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. It's the parable of the ten bridesmaids. It's the parable of the ten bridesmaids. Long story short, five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The five foolish took no oil with them. The bridegroom was delayed, and the five foolish were caught off guard. They were not ready to meet the bridegroom because they had no oil. Oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. When we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is is who accomplishes the works in and through the church. In the world that we, in, in in this day and hour, God moves through the church, in the church, through the church, by His Holy Spirit. Here's a couple of things that the Holy Spirit does really quick. Number one, all all lubricates when used for that purpose. There is little friction. Listen, this there is little friction and wear among those who are lubricated by the Holy Spirit of God. You ever been in the church and just sensed friction? You ever just sensed maybe it was a sign that the Holy Spirit needed to be involved in that situation. Maybe it was a sign that, that maybe there was a lack of, of God's presence in that situation. Allow the Holy Spirit into those situations in your life 
Number two, oil heals and was used as medicinal treatment in biblical times. The Spirit of God brings healing and restoration. See, I was going to preach this. I was going to shut the corn up here this morning. Come on, somebody. But uh, God already moved, and, but this is it. Number three, all lights when it's burned in a lamp. Where the Spirit of God is, there's light. God's bringing to light some things in 2023. Don't miss this. Don't miss this because I've already gone over my time, okay? I need you to hear this. Things that was in darkness is getting brought into the light. From the top to the bottom. Don't miss what I'm telling you today. I wish we would start writing some of this stuff down. I believe this year God's bringing things into the light that has been hid in dark places because the dark places is the enemy's field ground, play, playground. He has a field day in the dark. God's getting ready to bring to light things. Key leadership positions, I'm talking about from the top down, is going to be revealed. Pastor, why are you telling me this? Because it's not just going to happen in the world, it's going to happen in the church too. And I'm not saying this to I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to challenge you. Get it under the blood. Repent. Listen, I'm not trying to sound harsh this morning, but there, if there is anything in your life that you know does not need to be there, now is the time. Repent. Repent. Turn from it. Get it under the blood of Jesus. Get it under the blood of Jesus. All adorns. Listen, I love this one. Oil adorns when applied as perfume. The Holy Spirit adorns us and makes us more pleasant to be around. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That, against such things, there is no law. If you've got the Holy Spirit, you, would, you are pleasant to be around. If people don't want to be around you, it may be time to take self-inventory. Golly, that hurt my toes when I said it. If people have to avoid you, it might be time for you to pray. Not trying to sound harsh. People, I could expound on this for five minutes. You ever met somebody that you just, man, you just love being around? They just, it's just like they just have this, this draw to them. I'm just going to be honest with you. I've got, uh, I had a couple in the uh, 9 o'clock service that came here. They moved here from Sarah Land to Grand Bay. They came from a church called Destination Church in Sarah Land. Uh, I love Destination Church. Uh, Pastor Wayne's one of, my, one of my favorite guys in the whole wide world. And I say that because, man, he's just a guy that you love. I just like being around the guy. You know why? Because he's got the Holy Spirit all over. And if you got the Holy Spirit all over, man, people's going to want to be around you. If they don't, take inventory. A key to Christian readiness is to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Much of our weakness, did I say all or did I say much? Much of our weakness today, much of our ineffectiveness, much of our lethargy. You know what I'm talking about? You know what being lethargic is? Man, it's like we're not moving. It's like when I when I, I want to wire up a buzzer up under this... Uh, pulpit with that's connected to every single one of y'all seats and when I say give God a shout of praise I'm gonna hit that button and it's gonna give you a little shock a little bit 
much of our lethargy today, much of our ineffectiveness today, much of our uh, whatever you want to call it, much of it, not maybe all of it, but much of it is due to a lack of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's time the church engages God. We, we need to engage God, engage His Spirit, engage God in prayer. Be filled with His Spirit. Be filled with His Spirit. That's what's going to make the difference. Amen. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. God, I love you. I don't even know how to end the service. It's 1237. I need to get, I need to be, you know, some of y'all are like, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people, let my people go. Um, and I, and I won't, here's, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I hear you, God. I hear you. Here's what I'm going to do. If you need prayer today, this, this, this worship team, they're going to hang out for a little while. They're going to lift up, lift up praise and worship in, the, in this house. Altar team's going to be in the altar, okay? Altar team's going to be in the altar. Altar team, come on, come on up. Here's the, here's the thing. If, if, if you need something, if you need prayer over anything this morning, you say, Pastor, I just need to get this under the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us pray with you. Let us pray with you, okay? If you need salvation, if you didn't receive Jesus earlier in the altar call, or not, not the altar call, but just when, when we had response time in the altar, if you need Jesus, now is the time, okay? Now is the time. And then I'm going to make my Baptist and Methodist friends nervous in the house this morning. How many of y'all know we have a bowling pot of, of backgrounds here at Forward? I love it so much. I believe God's called me to, to break down a lot of these denominational barriers that we've set up. But I believe this. As, as a matter of fact, you know, I'm, I'm very careful to say that because it's not about what I believe and it's not about what you believe. It's, it's about what the Bible says. Amen. We've experienced two baptisms already in the house this morning, but the Bible outlines three baptisms, and I don't have time to get into this teaching. If you want to know more about this teaching, go back on Facebook and watch the teaching series on Wednesday night called The God I Never Knew on the Holy Spirit and the Baptism in the Holy Spirit, okay? We, uh, we taught on this for five weeks back in, um, I don't know, the fall of last year, okay? But the Bible outlines three baptisms. Number one is the baptism into the body of Christ. The agent who performs that baptism is the Holy Spirit. He draws you to Jesus Christ. He rejuvenates you. He regenerates you. That's a biblical term for bringing to life the dead spirit on the inside of you. That's called regeneration. The only one who is capable of doing that is the Holy Spirit, okay? It's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He's baptizing you into the body of Christ. Number two is water baptism. We experienced that, man. We just had, what, eight, nine people in this service? Uh, baptized in water baptism that's the second baptism but there's a third baptism outlined in, in scripture is being baptized in the Holy Spirit and the agent who performs this is Jesus Christ he pours out his spirit upon the believers and the only thing the only prerequisite of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is being saved being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ it's like that old school term you know what I mean I, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost you, know, you ever heard that? So I just want to challenge you this morning. If you need salvation, these altar workers are here. But if you really desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to, I want you, as soon as I pray, I want you to begin to make your way forward this morning because I believe that it's Holy Spirit baptism. You say, Pastor, do I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to make it to heaven? No, all you need is to be saved. But I also make a joke sometimes. Do I need the Holy Spirit to make it, or the baptism in the Holy Spirit to make it to heaven? No, but I just need the baptism in the Holy Spirit to make it through the line in Walmart. Come on, somebody. Amen. 
I'm like, Holy Spirit, activate. Come on, somebody. You know, what, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? If you need prayer this morning, as soon as I say amen, these altar workers are here. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, Holy Spirit, move across this house right now from the front to the back, from wall to wall. If there's anybody under the sound of my voice right now, God, I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that they would begin to move, God. I pray your Holy Spirit would draw them, God, to an altar, Lord, of salvation, God. I pray for, uh, God, a, a baptism in your spirit, God, right now, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would accomplish the only the only what you can accomplish. It's not by power or by might, but by your spirit, declares the Lord. It's not anything to do with me, but it's everything to do with you, God. And I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. And I give you all the honor in Jesus' name. If you need to leave here today, God bless you. Thank you so much for being at Forward Church. If you need prayer this morning, these altars are open. Begin to make your way up here right now. Thank you so much. God bless you.